Hello and welcome to Dvorak Horowitz Unplugged, an hour-long discussion of activity in the financial markets around the world featuring columnist John C. Dvorak and money manager Andrew Horowitz. This conversation is casual and unrehearsed. Let's join John and Andrew now. I'm John C. Dvorak. And I'm Andrew Horowitz. And it's the, uh, what is it, the 19th of July, 2022, right? Uh, almost finishing up the month. Man, it's hot here. Hot. I mean, really? it's always hot in Florida, it's, but it's hot. Well, it's always hot in Florida. But it's hot. I mean, really hot. What's hot? What's hot to you? Well, it's like 90 degrees, 92 degrees, and like lots of humidity. Just, just. Oh, uh, well, that's the humidity. It's no good. Yeah. Even in Texas, the humidity is only 36% or so. I think in, in, but Houston's has Houston has really bad humidity. Yeah, yeah. We got we got high humidity here. It's it's way up there. It's I think in seventy maybe. Wow. But it's, it's oh, still, but the temperature is only sixty two. So who cares? Right. Yeah. Okay. Well, we have a lot that's happening. A lot that we have to scrunch in to this week's discussion. Earnings season began last week. Really started kicking up into this week. A lot of the banks came out. We had the first of the earnings of the tech, well, I guess we can call it mm, quasi-technology, Netflix, right? Is it technology anymore, Netflix? I don't think so. No, no, right? It's 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 more of a, uh, what is it? It's more of a- it's An entertainment company. Yeah, I would say entertainment. I was going to say media company, but yes. Media, yeah. there you go. Media um, entertainment. We have a mystery chart that I'm going to look at with you, and it's uh, actually up this year. It was up this year until today which is interesting, a very big name, very interesting name that you wouldn't think of being up because it's been down forever, <laughs> like years. Down, 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 down. All of a sudden this year, it's like, hey, you know what? Let's buy that. President Biden took a trip over to Saudi Arabia, did a little fist pump. Uh, that's about it. Terrible, right? It was, I don't know what the point was. I, it wasn't, it wasn't, I don't know. It was, you know, and then they're mad at him. He says a few things about... Kash, was it Kashkogi? 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 Yeah, whatever. Kashogi. Kashogi. Um, and they just came. No, he didn't. I thought he he pressed them. That's what he says. And that's what they said at the press conference. But then the, the more more obscure reports from people who were actually there at the meeting on the, on the Saudi Arabia uh, translators or along those lines, it just never came up in the conversation. Wow. And they crap. also said, the, the Saudi Arabian, they, they said uh, uh, something about um, that we have a diminished president. They use the word diminished. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't hear that one, but it makes sense. Yeah, that, that he's over here. He's talking about stuff and, you know, just not the right stuff. And it's showing us uh, showing us that he's a, has a, is, is diminished. Yeah, well, that's what everyone thinks. Yeah. Uh, let's see what it is. Saying goodbye to Ivana Trump. Poor thing fell down the stairs. Or, oh, is that how she died? Yeah, fell down the stairs. Oh, I didn't know that. I thought she had a heart attack or well, something. Well, maybe she did also, but she had blunt force injury. There's some weird, you know, there's always got to be some kind so of- Somebody killed her, huh? There's got to be <laughs> There's always got to be some really yeah. weird, like, but how come the coffee cup was still at the bottom of the stairs, not spilled or broken? Or something like that, right? There's some weird coffee sure. cup thing yeah, going on. Yeah, that's what you go for. That's what makes it interesting. Yeah. So there's something about- a coffee cup that's at the bottom of the stairs. And I said, well, she had it in her hand. What, what, what's the difference? Where's it supposed to go? It could logically be held and when she, maybe it it's, gets it's thrown. Every, anything's possible. Yeah. Yeah. All right, the markets had a great day today. Very exciting day in the markets. Yeah, today. I was disappointed. I was hoping it was going to drop below 29. It's, you still have a shot of this, I think. You know, right now, I think that there is a lot going on with uh, the idea that there's a lot of, I find a very amateurish, immaturish, young, inexperienced traders have taken over this market. Seriously. It, it's, it's they, they react to things like- Aren't they doing what the computer tells them to do, those same people? I guess everybody's chasing everything, right? The computer's chasing those, the, the people are chasing the computers. I don't know. It just, it just feels that way. When you look at the action, you know, why on a Tuesday? Because somebody once said it's turnaround Tuesday. Why? Because the euro moved up today. It's like a knee-jerk reaction, which could be computerized, where the euro moved up today on stronger and more hawkish talk from Lagarde about a possible rate increase on Thursday. Dollar moved down. It's all of a sudden a signal. Oh, my gosh. Dollar rolling over. Let's get in. So 
Um, it's like a hippity hopping between yeah. 99 cents and a buck something for, I mean, so what? Well, it was a big, big move, big move today in the markets though. It really did. It was, it was a big move. Hmm. About 3% on the, on the NASDAQ. Yeah. That was a pretty big deal. Uh, but we did see it. One of the things that really, I think accounted for this was the conversation when last week or the week before that, there was this nonsense about the potential for a hundred basis point rise I had a conversation with somebody about this today. You've been around the block a few years, and you know that one of the things that doesn't happen is it's it's not easy to change direction on a dime for the economy. Right? No, it's like a ship. It's like the Queen Mary. Yeah. But meanwhile, what's happening is we have people reacting to the idea that, oh, we had a hot CPI number this month. That means the Fed is going to raise interest rates even more. Like somehow the reading of manufacturing or consumer confidence or the PPI, the PCE, the, the, the CPI, somehow each single one of these things is a major component of what the Fed is going to do right away around the corner. Makes no sense. It takes months and months and months for monetary policy to trickle in into uh, the economy, right? Yeah. So the idea that the Fed is going to get more, oh, if, if if the inflation picks up next month, the Fed's going to be even more aggressive. How does that make any sense? Unless they're thinking this too. But I don't think so. So no. what we're seeing right now is just an overreaction where there was 1% in, uh, interest rate increase that was baked in for five minutes. Everybody panicked. And then all of a sudden now it's 0.75 again at the next meeting in July. I think next week. That's what the expectation is. So everybody's all a giddy hmm. with that. Meanwhile, we saw some things like Apple come out with an announcement today. Yesterday's market was really interesting. It was up a bit into the midday. 12.30, Apple comes out with an announcement. Hey, you know what? Mm, nah, we're going to lay off on our hiring because we see a slowdown ahead. Everybody's like, huh? What? Apple? Since when does Apple give those kinds of warnings? So what happened is Markets turned around, headed lower dramatically. I mean, we're talking about, um, you know, from up a half a percent to down three quarters of a percent within, with a matter of an hour, which is pretty dramatic, I think. So, yeah, yeah, I think right? so for Apple. Right. So not only Apple, it's the whole market swapped swapped around. So I think that the bottom line in all this is that everybody's very jittery. However, by some measures... I think we're getting towards a level of understanding that just, just how much are they going to take out of this market and when does the selling stop? And maybe we're getting to a point because we, the big word was uttered by Bank of America today, the capitulation, capitulation. The, the, the Bank of, of America Global Fund Manager Survey reveals the lowest equity allocation since the Lehman Brothers bankruptcy and the highest cash levels since 2001. And they're saying maybe we're at capitulation. So there you go. Yeah, that's the word. Exciting. Bank earnings, we saw a mixed bag, hard to interpret due to the loss uh, provisions. So here's what's interesting. Um, so last, well, two years ago, COVID, what do banks do? When banks are threatened from an economic standpoint, they put money under the mattress, which is like what most people do, right? Most people go and what they do is they take uh, money and they stash it, whether it's in your bank account, you know, your cash savings in the closet, wherever you want to do it. So here's the thing, that during the pandemic, it was required in order to keep up with their stress test requirements and the bank um, loan level requirements and everything to do with deposits, they had to scale back. And they put the money into an account, we'll call it, okay? Yeah. And what happens with that account is when they suck money out, they it's a negative to earnings. So all of a sudden, banks' earnings are like, oh, my God, look at these earnings. They're so awful. But 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 these but this money's going into to their loan loss provisioning, which may or may not be used, but it's being set aside. But the banks are smart. They take it, you know, they take one-time charges. Now, fast forward a number of months, a number a year or so, a year and a half, and the bank's like, you know what? COVID's over. We're done. And what are we going to do? 
Well, we could take those loan loss <laughs> provisions that we had. What are we going to do with them? We're going to put them back into the other account. We're going to swap around. And guess what? Look at our earnings now. You following all this? <laughs> of course. It's the old uh, switcheroo of sorts. Yeah, left pocket, right pocket. Look how rich I am. Yeah. So now, now, <laughs> now all of a sudden we are facing the potential for some kind of recession or something that's going on in the future, whatever you want to call it, right? Some slowdown of some magnitude over the next year, let's say, due to the fact that the Fed's raising rates and trying to slow down the economy and all this. So what do the banks do? Oh, we got to put money aside. Now, the headlines. Bank earnings are going to drop 28 to 40% from a year ago. Now, John, let's pretend that, that you and I work together and we have a business. And our business makes a total of $10,000 in a year. And we're like, okay, that's our number. And for whatever reason, we're happy with that. I don't know why. Well, the next year, all of a sudden, there's an incredible something that happens. And, and instead of making 10,000, we make 20,000. It's just a one-time crazy. And everybody's like, oh, look at that Dvorak and Horowitz. They doubled up there. Look at them go. And everybody starts thinking this is the new wave when everybody knows it's a one-time deal. But a lot of people are thinking, you know what? And usually it's stated as a one-time deal. Correct. It's a one-time deal. It's not like it's a, anyone's trying to fool anybody. Right. And now you now fast forward one more time. And let's say that uh, we go the next year. And the next year, instead of making uh, the base 10000 plus the $10,000, that extra thing, we, we go back to a normal trend. We're making $11,000. And like, oh, my God. Look at that. Their earnings dropped 40% from the year before. I'm like, wait, 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 we had this one-time thing that was just, we knew that. You know, anybody gets all panicked. This is exactly what's going on right now. Earnings are dropping because we had two things that really amassed massive amount of benefit for companies over the last few years. One, do you remember that little tax cut we got? That was something, remember that? Oh, yeah. That was number one. Free money. Free money. And the second set of free money that added on top of the free money, because in other words, now that we have lower taxes and we add excess amount of income and revenue uh, to companies, the trickle down was even higher, was due to COVID. The amount of money that companies were able to collect because people were just buying everything. Money was being spit out of every, every orifice of every senator, president, and local and regional and, and, and district uh, politician. Remember that? Mm-hmm. And- Wow, look at all of our earnings. Now we're all upset. Now we're upset. Oh, my God, our earnings are dropping. Wait, we're going back to normal trend. Does that mean we have to drop stocks 40 50%? <laughs> yeah. It's nuts. Yes, the answer is yeah, okay, yes. Yes, okay, yeah. We do, because damn it. So it's a very strange situation that has come about where uh, there's all this bad news headline-driven nonsense when companies are doing, you know, okay. The bank's numbers looked okay to me. Even you have to strip out all of these back and forth. The bank numbers looked okay to me. I like them. Not all of them, but, I mean, you know, J.P. Bank Morgan. numbers do look okay. I have yeah. this uh, local bank I use, and uh, even them, they're kind of a, you know, their stock is like $50,000 a share stuff. You know, they don't want to really be traded. But I, I, I sit there waiting to finish something. I, they have their annual report right there in the lounge. I grab it, start reading it. This bank, this little bitty bank is doing great. Yeah. There you go. I, I don't know. So, so my th I think there's a little uh, excess panic. And it seems like it's maybe being broadcast. And uh, I, maybe, maybe this is a setup of sorts. Maybe this is a... Uh, creation of sorts. Push the market down so you can get in. Yeah, and slow down the economy. I think the only recession we're seeing right now really is in the markets, is in is in is in the capital markets. I don't really see necessarily. We are going to go through a technical recession because of exactly what I talked about. Right, earnings are good. We get a bump. They come down. That down part is a recession. That is just a natural. That's what it's called. So I think that we are going to see that. Yeah, um, but it's really a business cycle. Right. And, and that's the thing. How many? How long were people saying that this, the business cycle is dead? It's gone. It's over. Because the Fed has a new understanding <laughs> of how this works. And they can pre prevent 
the peaks and troughs. But what we're learning right now is that's not possible in any situation. It can be just elongated, heightened, or further drawdown or shortened. That's the only thing. But the business cycle will endure. You're a cycle guy, right? Do you agree with me? Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's obvious to me. Uber has some disgusting practice. We have a lot of uh, updates here. China is easing some rules, making money available. Uh, yield curve is still very inverted with the two-year higher than the 30-year. So, there you Just go. hung in there a little longer than I'd like. Yep, I agree. I agree. We want But they got to chill out. The Fed's got to chill out. They can't keep on pressing and pressing and pressing and pressing. They need to take a couple months off, not because I want markets necessarily to bounce. All right, whatever. They just need to see how this all plays out. I think they're very bad. Worst Fed I've ever seen. We're announcing the new close to the pin tonight. Well, that's exciting. So okay. um, peak pessimism. I think I talked about this last time uh, when I picked, I think I picked Bank of America for the game. And I talked about peak pessimism where I think we're getting to that point right now that everybody's just absolutely out of their mind. So investors slash their exposure to risk assets to levels not seen even during the global financial crisis in a sign of full capitulation and amid a dire economic outlook, according to the Bank of America monthly fund manager survey. A net 55% of fund managers said they've been taking lower than normal risks, a record that surpassed the survey's global crisis levels. Financial crisis levels. Global growth and profit expectations sank to an all-time low with recession expectations were at their highest since the pandemic fuel slowdown in May 2020, which that last part is BS. It's the first time we've come into a recession since then. So they're, all, they're calling this is a capitulation. That's, I remember we talked about this, that we got to get somebody to say it is. We got to have all the signs. We didn't get all the signs, but they're still calling it capitulation. Yeah. Get it over with. Yep. Oil prices near 99 bounced off support. I think it was a uh, sub 90 last week. That's kind of interesting. And we had a big I didn't week. See that. Big week. Yeah. Oil, oil was, uh, I don't know, 89. I think it was right now it's at 100 even. Yeah, it was like 89. It, it dropped down midday. Hmm. Uh, coinage. Coinage. Big weekend for coins. ETH and other, and other ones were moving 10, 20%. I think Ethereum is up 50% from its recent low, like a couple weeks back. Now, what's interesting is this coincided to a story. The timing of as the move happened, and I don't know if there is any relationship to this or coincidence. I don't know. But there was a story over the weekend that Coinbase, the biggest, you know, retail coin holder, if you will, besides, well, Binance is bigger, but, you know, the domestic one everybody uses, is shutting down their affiliate programs. And there was wild speculation that Coinbase could be the next company to be under financial pressure like we saw with um, Celsius and a few of these others, right, Vold? So yeah. I don't know if it was a short squeeze getting out of positions. How do Why you short squeeze? Well, How do you short these coins? You can't short them in the United States, and you can't short them through here. You could short them other places. There are ways to do this, and there's, there's, you could do it through futures, but the futures aren't open over the weekend. So I am not sure what's going on. Maybe there was like a lot of futures on the short side over the weekend. You close that. You do like a weird arbitrage of a screw job. Oh, geez. You get your old, yeah. all your people together. And you, you say, have hey. some guys, a spe that's right. a specialist. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's like you need, that, that's like a, 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 a bad, a, 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 an evil fixer. <laughs> right. It's like those guys who do callers. Yeah. They know exactly the numbers. So nobody wins but them. Bank earnings. All right. Uh, we talked a little bit about this. Let's see if there's anything to look at this. Uh, could be the shot over the downside. Goldman, Morgan looking good. And not much to say bad on that. Okay. Now, here's what's interesting. I mean, so we talk about this peak pessimism. Something, if you're a, I call this breaking worse in, in in honor of the, uh, of course, Breaking Bad show, which I'm on the last season, and I have like five shows to go. So oh, you started watching it from scratch? Yeah. Oh, how many seasons were there? Five seasons, about thirteen episodes per season. Oh, last season is like sixteen episodes. Ah. Uh, and it, I watched the disturbing. first. 
Very disturbing. I think I watched the first season, then I kind of gave up on it because I thought it was getting repetitive. And then I tune in every oh once a, once a year. I tune in to see how it went, and I got to ca- catch the show with the tortoise and the and the head. Oh yeah, that's a good one. That was my favorite. I, yeah. I said, "Wow, I got lucky to see this show. This yeah. is a funny one." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the the show is very disturbing. It's very good. It's very disturbing. That's all I'm saying. It's just very, you know, and you want to just like, I'm at a point where I'm like, can we just figure out the end of this whole thing? Cause I'm, I'm kind of done with all the stupid, after a while they make really stupid decisions. Yeah. Well, that's why he kind of gave up on it after. Yeah. It's one bad decision after the next that they have to dig themselves out of. So I started watching the, doing the same thing that this show justified, which I missed completely in his first run. It went about six or seven seasons, and it was a, it's a show, story about a marshal who's also a fast gun draw in, in the modern era. I heard that was good. Oh, it's really good. But at some point around season five, you start it, – it's taking place in, this, in Kentucky in the hills with some of the dumbest people ever. Oh. You can imagine – the hillbillies. And they're worse than that. They're really stupid. And to watch the – you know, it's like, a, it's like a clash of civilizations to watch the – Marshall and his friends deal with these just you can't they're dumber than a than a pool of mud I mean it, it, after a while because it can't it, there's really this many people that's stupid uh so it I think it gets on your nerves but it's a really good show I heard about that there's another one uh, I can't remember the one where the guy is a sheriff and he yeah, if you can in. watch Justify oh, you'll yeah. love the first yeah. two seasons but I want to talk about all the bad things that are happening right now. And, and we talked about the reason we got into this because it's breaking worse. And, you know, you're seeing a lot of things go to a point of almost, wow, that how much worse can this get? How much better can we see this? You know, it's it, it's just, a, it's, it's, does it get any worse than this? So one of the things is, is uh, builder's confidence. So this is interesting. This is different than some of the bank earnings and some of the positivity that we saw there. Um, we all know that, you know, listen, Redfin recently said that, Prices coming down, existing homes flooding the market, sales are getting, sellers are getting worried. Um, and there was a couple of different reports about how the prices of houses were coming down or, or price cuts were more price cuts now than there's been in the last 10 years, which would make sense, by the way. Um, so I don't know. Um, here's what's interesting, though. The July NAHB housing market index, which is essentially a builder's confidence index, went, yeah. to, went to 55. It's really a funny thing to look at this chart. It's unbelievable. Just everything goes down all at the same time as though it's just one, one sentiment. And it's just like this shows you how stupid the, the real estate market actually is. Well, some of this is the housing market index in its totality. That's the blue line. Then you get families, you know, but the thing that's really important, I think, to look at is that purple line. That purple line is traffic of prospective buyers moving out. And the one that you have to look at is how we go from the 70s and 60s and so to like 37 in July. Yeah. So they're not expecting foot traffic in or, or traffic of prospective buyers in any way, whether there's call-ins or real leads to buy houses. This this thing that just dropping off a cliff. Yeah. One of the worst readings in, in decades. Yeah, it's definitely uh well, at least in this few last few years. Well, what are you seeing in your area? I mean, are there a lot I don't of- see that much of a change. I see a few more houses coming on the market. Uh, there's a lot of people fixing their places up to sell and really doing, they get some specialists out here that just do take a piece of crap house. It looks like to me and they just gussy it up. It just looks terrific. If nothing else, the, the housing boom that comes and goes here in this area really improves the look of a lot of places. The staging, they do staging. Well, it's more, I mean, staging is what you do inside, but I'm talking about the, they, you know, they, they just change to make the house look more modern. They to take these bungalows and these two bedroom, one bath places, and then they put an architect on it. The next thing you know, the place looks, you know, it looks like it was just designed yesterday and it's just gorgeous. Is this pre they do is this a lot pre-sale of sale or, or after the sale? Pre-sale. Oh, 
That's risky. And there's one around the corner for me where this is just kind of a crap hole looking place. And they, they, now it looks like something I'd want to buy. I mean, it's really pretty. They really did a job on it. Isn't, isn't, that, isn't that risky as opposed to just buying the property and fixing up the way you want to? Isn't it risky to sell it after you've done the work on it? Because who knows if you get all your money out of it? It seems to work very well in this market. Hmm. It's not risky at all. We can see fact, that. That's almost everybody does. If they don't do that, they, they this house will languish a little bit. Hmm. Uh, appearance seems to be, a, you know, people will jack them. Oh, it's something to do with, uh, I remember talking to somebody years ago about, uh, I was when I was working for the air pollution, this we talked to this one of my supervisors about his, him and his wife, they were getting a new house. And I had a, a place and he says that his wife refused to buy a used home. A used says, home. She'll never, they'll never buy a used home. They hmm. always have to buy a brand new house just constructed. Really? What is that? She doesn't want to live in anybody else's filth? I, well, I mean, you know, the house, get, you, you clean them up and make them look pretty new. It helps, I think, with some of these people. But uh, I always found that weird. I, I've, I've built a house. Do you ever build a house? God, no. It is, it is, it is horrifying. The nickel and diming, the difficulty in decisions, the waiting time. <laughs> the nickel it's, and diming, oh, for sure. Oh, terrible, terrible. All right, let's take a look at this chart. All these charts are available on the uh, show notes for episode number 615 over on dhmplug.com, where you'll also find the, the ways in which you could donate, help out the show, give to the cause, as well as also the close to the pin and other things that we talk about. But all the notes are on here. Let's take a look at this mystery chart. Okay, I want you to guess what this is. The stock, up until today, is up this year. It's well known. I'm going to give you another hint. It's in the Dow Jones, Do, Dow, Dow Jones Industrial Average. It's a tech. It's been a laggard for years. It, just looking at it yeah. from the numbers on there, it looks like IBM. It is IBM. Yeah. So it's IBM. Uh, up until today, they were down about, I think, 6%. But look at that interesting chart. Now, one of the things is that they had a spinoff of one of the companies. It's done well. They actually came in and, of course, bought uh, Red Hat. And I think the Red Hat CEO is now CEO of IBM, I believe. And uh, a lot of things that were merged are very good. Whatever but happened to Ramedi, Ramedi, whatever her name is. Uh, let's see. CEO of IBM. CEO, it's Arvind Krishna. Arvind Krishna? Yeah. He's the CEO of IBM? Yeah. He's from West Gadarvi, India. He no, that would be has my been guess. IBM, serving as IBM uh, April 2020. Um, he oh, actually began his career at IBM in 1990 in the Watson. I thought it was actually, I must, oh no. No, no, he was the principal Watson. architect Watson of the acquisition of Red Hat. That's what it was. Yeah, he was the architect of it. Oh, he was the architect of Red Hat. Of the, of the buyout. Oh, he was the architect of the buyout of Red Hat. Yep. So he gets the CEO's job of IBM? Yeah, he was, um, last he was in, he was senior vice president of, IBM Cloud and Cognitive Software through 2015. He has been the CEO of IBM since 2000. He took on the chairman role in 2021. Yeah, he was there for a long time. Yep. There you go. I'd be out in a minute. Just look at this here. Yeah, interesting dude. All right, uh, we got that. Next, let's see. Netflix, after several quarters of horrible performance, company reported earnings tonight. They actually beat earnings uh, number, the actual number, pretty well. However, uh, they were came- supposed to be a, to produce some bad numbers today, and that was going to be what everyone was worried about. Well, this is what I'm talking about. This is exactly what I'm talking about. The fact is that there is so much pessimism it's almost intoxicatingly contrarian. Because now when you see bad news come out, so let me give you the, the lowdown on, on Netflix for a second. Netflix uh, had a loss of uh, users, subscribers, 950 million. No, excuse me, take that back. 950,000. <laughs> 950,000. Was it 950 or 750? Oh, now I'm confused. I think it, it was, was under a million, but it was a lot. I think it was 950 loss. But they expected to lose and they projected to lose 2 million. So now we're doing bad, but not that bad. 
Mm. And we're seeing that, okay, it could have been worse from companies. Now, all of a sudden, I told you about this. We talked about this that I, I, I had uh, thought about the idea that once you see that bad news is not being taken a stock and obliterating it, that's an interesting time to start thinking, hey, you know what? Now's the time. Disregard the bad news because it's already baked in. Something else is happening where people are saying, you know what? That's about it. So what's happened is that um, there's something going on that I think is really fascinating with Netflix. And I don't know if you've thought about this. Netflix has lost a lot of its um, customers over the last number of year, last year or so, right? Big numbers. Two million this quarter, two million that quarter. And, and one of the big things that Netflix always had was pricing power, right? Like it always... Yeah, until recently. Right. Because there's a lot of other choices out there. So now, the other problem that they've discovered and they've revealed and they've talked about a lot is this whole idea of, hey, you got one household, you got five people on your account. And, and this other thing about this password sharing, right? Well... They, they may, you know, this is, I know what you're going to talk about. This, what you're going to talk about is one of the most irritating things uh, that's going on right now with Netflix. Continue, please. Okay. Let's see if it's the same thing. So there could be the potential for an interesting gold mine if they say, you know what? We're no longer, it's one username, one password, one person. I don't know how they're going to do this, but okay. And you can't share it. Somehow, I don't know how you could still not give, you know, maybe you could have a certain number of devices. So you have your phone and your computer and your five different TVs or something. Uh, here's what this is: why this is uh, uh, irking me. Netflix always made it clear in subtext that you could share the passwords amongst family. Family. In other words, you got a, you got two or three sets in your house, let's say, and you're gonna do somebody. The daughter wants to watch Netflix, wants to watch a movie, and you gotta watch a movie. And and they would even let some simultaneous streams go by. And if people were abusing it, they would just say, and I've seen this happen because we have to share a bunch of Netflix accounts or one. And you get, oh, no, no, they give you a message. Somebody's already watching. Okay, that's fine with me because you don't have to watch all the time. Uh, now they're just going to put the kibosh on the whole thing and you have to have, everyone has to have their own account. That's not going to fly. Right, exactly. So what they're going to do is say, well, I'm sorry, you don't want to pay for it. You know what? Here's another option. You can take the advertiser-supported programming that we have. So not going to fly. I don't know. YouTube does a hell of a job with it. Lots of money on YouTube. YouTube's are short videos. You're stuck with it. You hate those ads. When given the opportunity, Hulu comes to mind of paying for Hulu or paying for Hulu without ads. We pay the extra money for Hulu without ads. And we share amongst a group of people, mm -hmm. you know, family. Well, they team. Nobody up wants to watch a bunch of advertisements, especially where they do them on these streaming services. They do them poorly. You can't skip them for one thing. You can, you can actually do that with uh, a number of these other services that uh, YouTube TV being a good example. Uh, you can't skip them and then they jam them up and there's two, many of them are too long. They run two minutes pieces on these things. They're stupidly boring. They don't come in. It's just bad. It's bad. Advertising really on TV is just barely tolerable. I mean, with regular traditional TV, you just figure that, oh, the show's coming on at eight. We'll start watching it at 8.15 and just skip through the commercials. Right? Yes. And in the traditional before PVRs, you would just turn the TV on and it would go to a commercial break. You knew how long the commercial break yeah. was. They're usually two to three minutes. Yep. You'd get up yep. and you'd go fix something in the kitchen. You'd go get something to eat. You do some stuff. You bring a plate back just as the commercials are over. Yeah. People yeah. aren't watching these commercials. Yeah, it was not, that was not good for the waste. Commercials yeah. were not good for the waste. So, but, but I do think that there is something they're building. They're building with Microsoft. Now, here's the funny thing about this. I heard some talk, somebody talking about how, you know, why are all these companies using Microsoft to help them build out this XYZ project, right? And the other person said, well, the reason is that Microsoft is highly trustworthy. That when you get involved with them, you know, nobody worries about them stealing your stuff. I'm thinking, what? I'm thinking, 
Wait, when did this when did this narrative happen? <laughs> That's new. Right? Wasn't Microsoft always the evil empire? Yeah, they were always stealing everyone's stuff. They got sued <laughs> numerous times for doing it and getting caught. In fact, the old rule was, well, yeah, Microsoft stole my stuff. We got the money back from my, they did pay out, but that business, but our business is gone. You know, right. we lost our business in the process. And so Microsoft is always a bunch of uh, low lives for that, in that regard. So once so again, I wouldn't, these, I, to this day, I wouldn't trust Microsoft with anything. So, so to this day, I mean, they, Microsoft would be smart to clean up their act with that, obviously. And obviously Netflix is coming in and doing something with them. They are working with Microsoft on the ad supported side. I don't know what it is that Netflix doesn't have from a technology standpoint with the billions of dollars they have to spend that they can't figure out how to do this, but somehow they teamed up with Microsoft to make this project run. Makes no sense to me either. No sense, yeah. But I do see that there is the potential for at least a, a short-term grab of people that are not willing to pay that will sit there and just, even though they're irritated to a point, just deal with commercials uh, to get through to get a free subscription. I know people that will take a survey to make $10. I'm like, what do you, it's a 10-minute survey? No, no. Well, they're going to send me $10. I'm like, are you kidding? Stupid. Maybe this is part of a, let's, let's take another look, outside the box look at this. Maybe this is part of a courting between the two companies because Microsoft oh. might oh. be in the business of buying them out. Ooh. See, now that's something I haven't really heard. That's interesting. So Microsoft, instead of trying to build something that they don't have, which they've really never been good in the whole entertainment media side, right? No. I mean, they got MSNBC and all that, and they had a few things, but they don't. They bailed out on that. They, they bailed, don't own, right. own any of it. And, and Amazon uh, has their thing and Netflix and who. So that you're thinking that Microsoft, it's an interesting opportunity, especially the stock down 67% this year. Hmm. That's interesting. I like it. I like the thinking. Interesting. Thank you. Yeah. Bitcoin blowing up. Uh, I don't know. Maybe not. A 4.2 magnitude earthquake struck the coast of El Salvador shortly after 7 p.m. on Saturday. Coincidentally, that's about when we, we saw the big move in Bitcoin. Tremors were felt in the capital since Salvador, or as they say, El Salvador. According to Reuters witnesses, San Salvador. No deaths or damages were immediately reported. Even with uh, the big move, uh, the whole move, the big weekend move, the, the move by Bitcoin in the last year has been terrible. I was thinking that maybe, is it possible that all of this is tied together? That I don't, I, I personally don't see it, but I, I don't even follow Bitcoin much. I'm wondering if somebody started a massive mining operation that either went when sucked the power out of somewhere and then bought all these bitcoins and caused some kind of earthquake. Something was <laughs> weird, odd, odd timing of all this. Odd timing. Okay, well, uh, listen, you have been around long enough where when you got software to install on a computer, well, you were you were around long enough when, well, a lot of things. But one of the things, I'm just going back to the floppy disk for a second, just that, that, that level, where in order to use a program, you had to put a flop, when they really were floppy, a floppy disk, a five and a quarter in a computer, right? Sure. And then sometimes there was multiple disks. Remember, you had to put them back and forth, back in and out and in and out. Remember that? Vaguely. Yeah. Uh, and uh, you've, you've gone through the system where uh, we've gone from um, local-based to server-based to cloud-based to dumb terminal to smart terminal, the whole gyration. Yeah, I got the whole thing down. Well, one of the things that's happening is that uh, over the years, and it started kind of with Adobe. They did software as a service. That was a big game-changer in the software industry. And then everything was like, oh. Well, it's been talked about for a while before Adobe really figured out a good way to do it. Well, one of the things that's happening right now is cars, BMW announcing functions on demand in yeah. vehicle subscriptions. Examples. This, he is a, this is the worst sort of scam. We talked about this on the no agenda show every Thursday and Sunday. Mm -hmm. um, and I brought the story up. I'll bring it up again. This is an old scam that IBM developed back in the fifties and sixties. I think is when the sixties, when I first started showing up. IBM used to have these things called line printers. 
Dot and matrix. Were, dot matrix align. No, align printers. Ah. They had a, a thing crazy. There's a crazy technology. You have to look it up. And they print line at a time. Bang, bang, bang. They were noisy. They were the big mainframes used these things. And they ran at a certain speed. I don't know, 20 lines a minute or something. And they had an upgrade they offered for everybody. You know, oh, and you can buy the new version of the line printer. Uh, it's going to cost, you know, it's always things was a lease. I, IBM based everything on, you had to keep paying every, you know, everything was a service. And so everything was leased. You couldn't buy anything. And so you had to pay from, instead of being whatever it was, like $200 a month, it was now 400 bucks a month. And you get this line printer uh, upgrade. And all they did was they just went into the printer, opened it up and changed the belt. Oh, that's right. It was the same exact printer. But with a new with a different belt layout, and somehow the thing went twice as fast. And so now I could do twice as much. It always had the capability from the beginning to go twice as fast, but they 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 down geared it, you know, it was geared down. Right. And uh so this to me is just outrageous. And be it in other words, BMW, you buy the BMW, it's got all these capabilities, but they won't give them to you. No, you got right. the capability to do this. You got the capability to do that. But to get the capability turned on, you have to pay them. And in the way they're doing it, you have to pay them on a monthly basis. Yep. Where are the hackers out there? Screw these guys. <laughs> so, yeah, this heated seats thing is, is pretty crazy. It's but but you make I think you need to we need to really flush this point out. And that is that the cars that you buy will already have all of these upgraded options in them, but they won't be turned on unless you pay for it. Whereas now there are cars without it's, those It's a functions. version of extortion. Correct. Yep. There is no excuse for this. They should be rebuked. People should just stop buying BMWs. Mm. Yeah. That's, that's terrible. It's almost insulting too. That the car yeah, has how like, dumb are the customers yeah. who buy BMWs? You see again at BMW say hey, you're the dumbest guy ever. Are you that stupid <laughs> to do business with this company? Yeah. Crazy. Uh Uber. You know, somebody asked me the other day, what do you think about Uber as a stock? I'm like, are you kidding? That company has had every single opportunity to make money and they won't do it. They won't, won't turn on the switch because then the stock goes down. They just will not do it. Well, the Department of Labor, nope, excuse me, back it up, Department of Justice in a court filing this week in a multi-million dollar settlement agreed with Uber Technologies to resolve a lawsuit that Uber violated the Americans with Disabilities Act. Under the agreement, Uber will offer several million dollars in compensation to more than 65,000 Uber users who were charged discriminatorily, this discriminatory fees to due to disability. So under the two-year agreement, Uber has committed to waive wait times for all Uber riders who certify that they or someone frequently travel with need more time to get in an Uber car because of disability. So I don't know how you're going to prove that. That's another problem coming up. Uber will also ensure that refunds are easily available for anyone who does not have a waiver and is charged a wait time because of a disability. I didn't even know there was a wait time thing. You know, you show up and you're like, all right, I'll be there in two seconds. So they they, they actually were, were charging people more who had to hobble down in on their with their cane, I guess. Oh, what is? It's gross. These companies are gross. Yeah, I agree. Never buy that company. China is stimulating mortgage payment strikes. So what's happening right now is that you know all these people because about seventy percent of the wealth in China is held in real estate. Did you know that? Now, I did not know that, but now as you mention it, it actually, it doesn't surprise me. Yeah. Because the people, you know, they own two or three things. They, once they got into the middle class, they, they started pumping their money into real estate. They're buying into the ghost cities, buying two or three places. You know, I mean, it was just out of control. So what's interesting is that now all of a sudden there's all these problems, some of these companies that are no longer paying uh, on their bonds, right? You give money to them. And people are very worried because these are all property developers and people behind that whole thing. So what they're doing is they're protesting people. You know what they're doing? They're not paying their mortgage payments. In particular on, on, on stole property development projects. But there's mm. a whole thing going on in China that people are basically going on a mortgage strike. 
And that's a problem. I would think. That's a problem. It's a cash flow issue, that's for sure. Big problem. Now, Chinese regulators are stepping in efforts to encourage lenders to extend loans to qualified real estate projects as the beleaguered property sector faces fresh risks from a widening mortgage payment boycott on unfinished houses. Huh. So, really interesting how the people are banding together here, especially in a communist country. Yeah. And doing this and really making things change. Well, they're not changing anything. They're basically just letting, <laughs> they're basically allowing for uh, extend loans to to projects, which means that um, they're just buying some time here somehow on 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 doomed real estate deals. Because they know if they do so and they appease the people, they'll start paying. And it's like your basic Ponzi scheme. You know, you need that payment in order to keep things running, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. That it could break the Ponzi. It could. And that's something that's been going on for years. I told you I was there. I mean, everybody remembers I was there. Oh, by the way, speaking about, I remember, can we just stop for one second? I could read you something that's sitting right here. It's a, yeah. it's a note that came in from a listener tonight. I thought it was fun, kind of funny. Uh, and I'm pretty sure I did this on this show. He says, hey, Andrew. It's from Tom. Tom. He says, hey, Andrew, just a funny story for you two. I recently found myself needing a, to buy a birthday gift for my wife after a reservation to go to Michelin star restaurant in Manhattan was abruptly canceled. What to do? Suddenly I had a flashback to your show, probably a year or two ago when you mentioned your wife had the Dyson hairdryer and the extreme price was totally worth it. And whatever it did to her hair was just magic. We guess we talked about this. It's like $500 for this blow dryer. So I picked, he said, I picked one up for my wife and she loved it. She was so impressed that I knew what was the top of the line in hair care. But the benefit I did not realize is it takes her much less time and she is much much less irritable when we get ready to go out for dinner. A total game changer in our marriage, all thanks to you. (laughs) Wow. How you like that? This guy should be donating to the show. There you go, Tom. Saved your marriage. I don't know if that's good or bad, but we saved your marriage. A little help. A little DNH marriage counselors you got there. So we're so versatile, aren't we? So many things. No, you're uh, going to say you had some story you were going to tell, and you interrupted yourself. Yeah, I was t- sorry. I don't know why that, that rang a bell. Uh, so China. China's also uh, seeing as we can't, this is obvious, seeing their economy contract sharply in the second quarter, seeing that uh, gross domestic product fell 2.6% in the second quarter from the previous quarter, more than yeah. expected. Well, what do you expect when they're shutting things down? And and I keep on coming back to this. I wish you could one day please spend some time with me and explain to me how China is ever going to go back to anything that resembles normality while they are trying to fight this COVID deal with the zero COVID policy. Makes no sense to me. I know. It doesn't make sense to anybody. And they can shut down a whole city like Shanghai for like a month and that were maybe half of Beijing and it goes on and on like this. They do business as usual. How does that work? None of this makes sense. And you're never going to go there. You're never going. No, you're never going to go. You can't, they're not going to let people in ever again. Well, you know, it's, it's a tradition. When they opened up China, when Nixon opened China and they started letting people in, you've been there. I've been there. Uh, I always thought it was a privilege to go there the first time. And I, every time I went since then, uh, which hasn't been recently, I've always felt that this could be the last time I'm ever going to yeah. be in China because the tradition of China is to shut it out, shut it, shut the wall, shut the, close the curtain, shut the front close doors, the door, shut it off. <laughs> I've been there several I mean, that's, times. That's, that is the tradition of China historically. Yeah. So I, I've been there probably Oh, I don't know a lot. I think I was there three times on three different occasions, maybe four uh, from a sidebar trip. But I've been there. I'm not going back to. I've been to Russia, all over Russia. Probably never going back there. And yeah. I've been to Myanmar, which I'm probably not going back there. I've never been to Myanmar. I've been to China at least ten times, maybe wow. more. Wow. And, and I have been to Russia only once, but I want to go back. Yeah. Well, it's gonna be a while. Yeah. What do you mean? Yeah. I'm not in a hurry. Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, let's see. Yellen, she just can't stop with the bad ideas. United States now will look for every opportunity, she said, 
to move ahead and enact a global minimum corporate tax agreement. The Ellen told reporters on Saturday that financial officials from the group of 20 major economy economies reached strong consensus about, this is a framework, thank God, strong consensus about many issues, which means nothing. You know, it could be, yes, let's go get coffee. <laughs> I mean, there's nothing on this, right? Including the need to address a worsening food security crisis, which could be their coffee issue, despite differences over Russia's war in Ukraine that prevented the leaders from issuing a joint statement. Uh, there you go. Talk is cheap, bad decisions are expensive, and uh, they make bad decisions like it's butter. Just mm. one thing after the next. Stupid. Uh, I wrote this yesterday about the U.S. dollar. I was looking and I was thinking that the U.S. dollar looks like it's getting peaky. Euro near parity. Yen screaming lower. And I was wondering, by the way, with, when it comes to the euro, do we say the word parity is spelled with an I-T-Y or an O-D-Y? I think both, yeah. are, both are appropriate when it comes to the euro. Uh, but we saw 95 sentiment towards the bull camp uh, of the dollar moving higher. So that was yesterday. I wrote this, and I was coming up with this to talk to you about, and some change in the ECB and BOJ stance was needed. The U.S., I thought, could tumble. I thought the dollar could tumble a bit because it's so out of whack right now. Well, follow-up today, already a big move low for the U.S. dollar against the ECB when the hawkish comments came out which was good for multinationals. Gold and silver market drove up 3% today on the NASDAQ, 2.5% uh, on the uh, S&P. I think 3 and change on the small cap. So it, it's it's having impact. I think we're going to see more of this. Yeah, we'll see. It's a buck or two as we speak. See, it's moving. It's 2%. It crashed below a dollar. Yeah, I was down to 96 cents, I think, or 98. 98, I think it was 98, as far as I saw but uh, when I remember when I was a kid, it was <laughs> some years ago. Yeah, when you were a kid, no, uh, it was not anything. It was I a lira. To, it I was went a to Europe. <laughs> I went to Europe, and it was eighty cents. What was eighty cents? The 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 dollar was worth uh, the euro is worth eighty cents. First of all, when you were a kid, there was no euro. Okay, well, this is just first. This was well. More recently, I considered myself a kid at the time. Okay, but it, I was there in Europe, and it was eighty cents. You know, as opposed to right. Bucko too, right. and it was unbelievable. It was fantastic. You everything you go to Paris restaurant. I don't want to sound like a, 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 a dilettante here, but you go to Paris restaurants yeah, and you could actually mm -hmm. drink Bordeaux wine, which you could mm. never do. Oh, and port, maybe a little port. You always had to drink Chinon when you went to a restaurant in, in Paris because the Bordeaux was too expensive. You ever get that wine that I shipped you? What wine? Did, when did you ship me wine? A year ago. Oh, oh years ago. No, like last year, at the end of the year, as a gift. Oh, yeah. What about it? Did you ever pick it up? Yeah. Because it was on order for something. It was like a futures you bought. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I picked it up. Did you drink it? You don't know. No, it was one of those wines you don't drink. Yeah. <laughs> Makes no sense, but it's a fact. That's like is that that's like a Jackie Mason joke. He's like, you know, you say, hey, John, how's your doctor? Oh, my doctor's good. You know, I got to wait two weeks to get to him. He says, oh, that's good. How about you, George? Oh, my doctor's great, you know. He's uh, pretty good. I mean, it takes me like a month and a half to get into him. He says, ah, I got you. My doctor's so good, I've never seen him. Yeah. <laughs> That's how good he is. Uh, yeah. All right, so uh, last point here. Phew. I guess that's what we have to say. A big close one. Like uh, wiping the brow with just, oh, boy, that was tight. Powell Clarita cleared of all wrongdoing in Fed trading controversy. No rules are broken. Shocked. I'm shocked. Shocked, right? Yeah. The report covered a period for 2019 to 21 when the top-ranking officials traded stocks and funds while the central bank used monetary policy to influence financial markets. So there you go. It's uh, it's all good. It's all fun. Meanwhile, they somehow, they, I don't know why, they, they, they changed the rules uh, to make sure that there's less opportunity, even though there was nothing wrong. So I don't know what's happening there. Yeah, it makes no sense. Yep. All right, we're announcing a new close to the pin for uh, this week coming up. You can start putting it, well, right now, you can start putting in your price guess, win a shirt, get involved so that you can be in the in the running for the close to the pin cup for the big fat trophy, big trophy, big trophy. Seriously, it's a big trophy. Uh, and, uh, and all bragging rights, et cetera. Uh, only a few in that category. But we're announcing for Airbnb. We never played this one before. No. No, it's a good one. So Airbnb, you can go over to DH Unplugged right now, click on it, 
Uh, you have to register. You have to make sure to register because we have to track who it is and you know track what your price is. And then uh, what you do is uh, put in your price guess when it uh, you think it's going to be when it closes. You have about a week, a uh, week and a half to put in that price guess, guess, and then the following week the price will be locked in and somebody will win. So make sure to do that over on DH Unplugged. Uh, finally, I think in the uh, important category that we bring up, uh, because you have to bring up a diverse grouping of thoughts for people to really uh, – have some further information to utilize at maybe a cocktail party. Uh, Greece on Thursday scored a win in its fight to protect their right to the term feta. It was, I guess, a big problem because... Um, yeah, I'll tell you why. Yeah, why? Why it was a big yeah, problem. Yeah, why? I'm, I'm waiting. You know, because their feta is not as good as the Bulgarian. And everybody who knows anything about these cheeses knows that the quality starts with Bulgarian goes next to French and then shows up with Greece running the, a distant third. So they put the kibosh on anyone using the name. So if you want to buy the Bulgarian feta, now it's called white cheese. Oh, and this is, they reprimanded Denmark for not blocking local companies from using the name for sale. So basically what they're doing is because somehow Greece has the rights to this name, even though they have a sub or an inferior product, they're utilizing the name that people have, much more, uh, 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 much more aligned with. Yeah. Oh, nice move. Nice chess move, don't you think? That's the only thing they could do. I don't see how they got away with it because Feta was pretty universal, it seems to me. is I don't think it comes from a town named Feta, but okay, the EU has its ways of doing things. But, but I still buy the Bulgarian stuff, although it's I don't buy Feta anymore. I buy white cheese. And it is, but it's, it is Feta. It's feta, yeah. It's the same. It's better. It's got more. It's got a. I'll tell you what the differences are. I mean, anyone who eats this stuff knows this. And when you go to a Russian store or something, you see these big bins of it. You know, everyone knows what the, which, what's what. You buy the Bulgarian, so they. It's it's got a better uh, balance. It's got a better acidity. It's it crumbles better. Everything of it doesn't have it. It's, it the Greek feta is very slightly bland by comparison to the Bulgarian, and it's just not as good. Interesting. All right, let's get to uh, let's get to our, our stock picks, shall we? This is a game that we play. It's not a solicitation to buy or sell any security. It's not a recommendation of any kind. Nothing on the show should be considered investment advice or a recommendation. If you choose to invest in any of the stocks mentioned, you should know that it may carry risk, along with the risk of a loss of principal. You should also seek out professional financial advice for your particular situation. We assume no risk as these are not to be considered recommendations. Horowitz, a company myself, or John C. Dvorak may invest in any of the securities mentioned, and we'll disclose that on the website under the weekly stock picks section. You can go to dhunplugged.com and see all the names we discussed in the segment, along with the performance information from the date discussed, as well as any additional important disclosures. All right, there you go. There you go. Okay, how did how come GLD hasn't been kicked off the list? Let's see. Maybe it has been. I just screwed it up. Where is it? Well, because it's uh, it's fifteen percent. It's only down ten and a half. Okay. All right, so we have a, we got a bunch of things kicked off, including the, uh, the Nvidia short. It, it sucks, though. By the way, let's just get that straight. Terrible, terrible. Yeah, it does. It totally sucks. It's unbelievable to me too. I find it unbelievable that in a year since we've had this whole thing going on, year and a half. Is that the right year? Two thousand twenty. Yeah, it's an old pick. It seems like I just picked that crappy stock like, like yesterday. Yeah, it's well, haunting. It's haunting. So we have an NVIDIA has been kicked. Uh, it's a short. Uh, Microsoft is down. It's a short. All the shorts are not doing well. Look at how well they did uh, today. 5% on, 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 on Facebook today. Oh, that's, that's up. Yeah, it's up. You made that. But still. It's up. But, but still, it's 5% today. Microsoft is up 2%. NVIDIA is up 5.5% today. Big days. Big days. And you got the like, one I just picked it the other day, the Muddy Waters short. Got kicked in one week. Yeah, that was a rough one. Right when you picked it, started going straight up. I'm going to have to, I think that's still, this guy, this guy's research company does a dynamite job. Yeah, I know. I think, I think we've had him, we've had him on, uh, had him on my Discipline Investor podcast. Yeah. You, what do you think? He's a smart guy. There's no question about it, but they're also, the only thing is they're also dramatic. You know I'm talking about? They're, they're, uh, you know, the, the stuff they give you is a day late. If you find it from them, if you're not paying full price mm, or two days late. short. Okay. Yeah. Well, anyway, I got kicked. Yep. I'm going to take one pick this week. Okay. You can look at this chart over. It's mostly, it's in it. It's, it's mixed. 
But I think uh, I'm going to go long NVIDIA. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm going to go long Netflix. Yeah, Netflix is up uh, after hours about 8%. I think the chart is going long. I, I personally own it, by the way. It's up 7.8%, 15 points, 217. And the after hours closed to 201 today, as low as one. Let's see, let's go. Let me go back one month. Let me just go back a month. Uh, and bottom out here. So they could do a dipsy do, but I think I'm nah, giving it to I like I, it. I'm going to like it. go to 300. I like it. I do like it. So I'm going to put that in. Um, Let's see. Bank of America is up 7% from last week, and your Varenka Pharmaceuticals up 23%. I'm going to add something from our portfolio that we manage that I don't usually do, but it's DACO New Energy. It's, um, I have no they, idea what this well, is. Well, they do uh, photovoltaic, um, um, essentially involved in the solar industry, right? And they do the polysilicon. They do the, the wafers, the cells, the modules, all this. They're in China. And this has been uh, forever a name that seems to keep coming in and out of our portfolio based on the fundamentals. And uh, it just, it just, it's, it's, it's an interesting stock. Its chart looks great considering everything that's going on. And maybe if there is, um, let's put in D, it's DQ as a symbol, by the way, DQ, um, you know, maybe there's a lot more to go on this. I mean, it was up a little bit today, but if you look at this year to date, Year to date, it's up sixty uh, percent. Wow! So five years up thirteen hundred percent the last five years. Peaked out at about mm, one hundred five in early two thousand twenty-one. Currently trading at sixty-seven. But I want to put another one on then. You're gonna put another one on? Yeah, Adobe. Wh which way are you going? Long? Up, 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 up. Okay, so let's do this. Let's take this. Copy this. Put this here. Nope, that's not the right spot. This is show 615, by the way. Okay, you're going to buy. Okay, so what's the reason? So I got I got mine in there. DQ is simple. Okay, what's your what's the reason for your pick? What's the what's the thesis? I think it's, 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 it's been going down. I mean, it's down too far. So oversold. Oversold. There's you go. The same thing, you go. oversold with same thing with uh, uh, Netflix. Definitely. Okay. Um, the other thing I want to mention is, remember I put that long position on for DIG, which was the reversal of the XLE short? Yeah. Well, I bought a 27. It got stopped out because it's a double. I should have probably opened up my uh, my my, um, uh, my stop level. It's at 30 and change right now. It's 12% up. It's very aggravating. Very frustrating. Yeah. Well, that's the problem with this game. Yeah, it is. Okay. So oversold, JCD pick. JCD. All right. And when I get back from the islands, I'll probably have a lot of stories to tell you. So I'll see you again. Well, next you're week. going off again. You just don't, you don't, I'm, I'm going to Bimini. Floating around. Going to Bimini. Go to the Bahamas this weekend. I thought you were already in the Bahamas. I was in the Abaco's Bahamas two weeks ago. Then I went to Montauk for the weekend. I'm doing a lot of weekend things. Quick weekend jaunts. So you, is, how far are the Bahamas from Florida? Bimini is 50 miles. 50 what? 50 nautical miles. Yeah. So it's like 60 miles. So you, it's just like taking a drive to like for me going to San Jose. Except that I'm boat. doing it on the water. <laughs> if I went to San Isana boat, it'd be the right. same thing. And I'm not doing my boat this time because my boat's in the shop getting new engines. Finally, finally. Taking me a year and a half to do this. But um, I'm going on a friend's so, boat. Would you like me to tell you just for a moment? This is kind of cheeky. You want me to tell it's you probably some monster yeah. yacht. Yeah, yeah. Not, it's not terribly monstrous, but it's big enough that I have my own stateroom. How many feet? I have my own stateroom, 68. Holy mackerel, that's a huge boat. It needs a crew. Yeah, we, we are the crew. <laughs> we have an appetizer contest on the dock happening on Thursday, Friday. I think it's Friday. I guess it's Friday when we get there. Um, is it a motorboat or a sailor? It's a motorboat. It's beautiful. Oh, it's an Italian design. It's going to cost a fortune to drive it's even to 50 miles. Yep, it does. It's beautiful. We got we have a, a jet ski on it. We have all sorts of rafts and stuff. We got full electricity on it, generators. Helicopter on the top? No helicopter on the top. <laughs> but, but, but the stereo system that will knock your socks off. Ridiculous. It's going to be fun. It's a fun weekend. We have a good time. Then we get back, and, and yes, there's a show next Thursday, Tuesday, unless I don't somehow come in. DQ is the symbol. ADBs, NFLX is the other symbol for DQ, for Daku, Netflix, NFLX, Adobe, ADBE. Till next week, All right. sir. See ya. All right, bye. Bye. You've been listening in on a conversation with John C. Dvorak and Andrew Horowitz. Hope to be with you again soon. Bye-bye.
Now, I'm not broke, but badly bent. I'm not down to my last cent, cause I got a dollar, but it's my last dollar bill. <laughs> yes, sir. In my pockets, there's a dent. All my dough is nearly spent, but I got a dollar, and it's my last dollar bill. Oh, I'd love just one more buck fortune left me by chance. Now, here's a hint. I feel like a man. You can hardly tell by a glance. I don't care. No millionaire can give me the icy stare. Cause I got a dollar. My last dollar bill. <laughs> Company Inc. is registered as an investment advisor with the state of Florida and conducts business in other states where it is properly registered or is excluded from registration requirements. Registration does not imply any level of skill or training.